Hey everyone, it's Buana. And this is Gwen. And you're listening to The, the Page Turner. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Page Turner. As always, I'm Buana. And I'm Gwen. And it is it's officially not fall, but school is back. Yeah. So the teens are back in school. The vibe of the library is quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting because it's another school year, not for us. Yeah. <laughs> we are, well, I mean, I guess. Oh, I know, is. and that's a lie. <laughs> we are. We both are in, in school. school. I guess I blocked it out already. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did summer classes too, so yeah. It, yeah. school never really ended. For yeah. Us. So it doesn't feel like there was quite a break. We had yeah. like what two weeks? <laughs> One week at the end. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So I guess everyone's back in school. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and here at the library, really exciting is mm-hmm. we have a new member of, of the, the staff. Team. Yeah, we have a new teen specialist named Amanda, and she's very nice. I've met her a few times. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a teen, you want to come in and say hi. She'll, she'll be, be more here. than welcome. Yeah, more than happy to welcome you. <laughs> yeah, she'll be here every day after school time. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's really exciting. Okay, well, let's just jump right into it, because we are discussing a book that this time, it's me saying I absolutely don't like this genre. (laughs) (laughs) And this is actually a genre that Gwen absolutely loves. So it's going to be, I think we're going to be quite flip-flopped in a uh, normal enthusiasm for this genre. I don't know (laughs) if I would say I love this genre, but... Of, you partake of nonfiction. This is more my speed. Yeah, you will. You will gladly if a memoir sounds interesting to you, you will pick it up. I have never once thought a memoir sounded interesting <laughs> enough to pick up. So, I guess that's the true difference, right? Yeah. But yeah. So, what did we read? We read Educated by Tara Westover, which is insanely popular. So popular. Still insanely popular. We almost didn't get our copies in time. <laughs> and it's been out for podcast. a while. Yeah. Months, months and months, and yeah. it's they're still flying off the shelves. Yeah, so this is about a woman who grew up in a family where her dad didn't believe in public education, and they, you know, lived off the land, and then one day she broke free and educated herself. So, it, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. The premise is really fascinating, right? Yeah. You know, in theory. I mean, and also, <laughs> I guess, not in theory, because... Well, not to you. Yeah, not to me, but it has an insane reviews, so... Yes. Um, I will say... If we want to jump into like the how we would rate it and yeah, stuff, go for it. I could say I would give it generously. I would probably give it a four. Mm-hmm. I would not give it a five. It starts very slow. Yeah, she spends a lot of time in her childhood, and the part where she actually breaks free and starts getting educated—that's sort of gets more entertaining mm-hmm. for me, anyway. Um, and. It takes her a long time to get there. Yeah. There's a lot of background story, and I get it. It is setting you in that place in her mindset, but it's also, it's marketed as a story of how she becomes educated, but we spend a lot of time with her as a child not being educated. And I think that's what especially for someone who's not into that genre, that's what really made me not like it mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as a whole because I, I came there for the, the journey of the education. Yeah. And I, I could see 
maybe if she focused on that and as she went through her journey she talked about how this was difficult because of this and this was difficult because of you know then sprinkling in reflections of the past but to spend such a huge chunk on her childhood like you said I think it kind of miss um that's not how it was advertised yeah so I would give it a two and a half and dang yeah and but it could be worse I could have said one (laughs) um one just because it's not my thing right Mm -hmm. so part of my rating isn't even the book's fault yeah (laughs) you know but another part is that it 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 just it was falsely advertised to me it feels like and I think if it was packaged a little differently I might have really liked it yeah I remember you had even mentioned at one point that you had read somewhere or just had the thought that the formatting of it would be better if it was more like a a personal piece in the New Yorker or something mm-hmm. like that instead of a f- actual book. Yeah. Well, I mean, Eric said that, and I completely agree. Oh, uh, we should, of course, mention who Eric is. Yeah. <laughs> he is one of the amazing librarians here. Officially the... Library technology specialist. Yes. Um, and it's okay if you just want to say librarian. Yeah. That's easiest to remember. <laughs> but he does website stuff and and he how how would you put it? What he does for the podcast. I mean I'd call him an editor. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's so funny. So I'm the sound editor, but he's like the editor editor. Yeah. <laughs> final approval, final stamp before it goes out. But yeah. yeah, um because of that obviously we discussed the books with him and yeah, mm-hmm. he had that great idea about it might come off better in that other format. Yeah. It is way longer than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. There are moments in her childhood that you see her not being educated, and that's important for the story. And you see her, like, trying to fight past that. And her education up until she was, like, 16 was completely <laughs> self-run, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had limited resources because she was pretty much stuck with what she had at yeah. home. They didn't ever mention going to a library, really. So there was limited access for her. And those stories were important. Yeah. And some stories about her grandma and stuff, that was important. You know, I can see where a, a fair number of those, ch- like, childhood memories were important. But it was also, at cer- at a certain point, I think you spend, like, at least half of yeah. the book with her being a child. And you don't really start talking about how she, like, her journey through education until the, the last half. And because of that, that journey feels kind of rushed. I would totally agree with that. So yeah. it felt almost like you could spend the first, maybe a third, if you want to be really generous about it, uh, a first third of the book on her childhood, because it is the foundation of her mm-hmm. story. But the last two thirds really should have been that process where it felt like she just kind of glosses over the time she spends in each of the institutions. Mm-hmm. So... No, I completely agree. Again, I think just, I guess, the... F- the f- not formatting a choice, but the storytelling structure, mm-hmm. I think could have been a bit more interesting if she began almost if she went kind of backwards or or started as an adult, at the very least. Um, it would have been really interesting, I think, if she had written the book in the sense of starting when she entered school and then weaving in her yes. childhood. Thank you. You put it so much better. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. yeah but you know, that wasn't how she formatted it. I mean, I don't want to say too much more because details Still and spoilers. Still early on, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel like the structure of the book wasn't the best, though apparently, according to Goodreads, 
people love this book. Yeah. So <laughs> don't let that deter you. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, a lot of things that, for us, I would say were more stylistic choices than mm-hmm. the actual content. Yeah. So that's totally a personal preference. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people absolutely love it. And I think it's interesting enough on its own even hearing about it from people that maybe aren't raving about it, that mm-hmm. enough to still pick up because it's such an interesting concept. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't read books like this often. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into more details, though, let's talk about what are we reading next, which I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm, it's and, your boy. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny, so this was Gwen's suggestion, and of course I said yes because it's one of my favorite authors. We're going to read next Sleeping Beauties by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And... I, so I, you know, I've been working on reading all of Stephen King's works, and I just told Gwen, though, I unfortunately just read my first one star (laughs) by Stephen King. I've read maybe 10 or 12 of his books now, and I came across the first one star, so... Not this book. Not this book, yeah, no. Roadwork by Richard Bachman, which is a pseudonym he used for years, and I actually think some of his best work is written under his pseudonym. Really? Yes. um, Thinner, um, The Long Walk, those Mm -hmm. are two of my favorite, but um, unfortunately, guys, I would not recommend Roadwork, (laughs) so if you're a big Stephen King guy, yeah, maybe skip that one. (laughs) But anyways, I'm really excited to read Sleeping Beauties. Mm -hmm. Gwen actually started reading it already, so do you want to give a little teaser? Sure. I'm only about halfway through. So, I would say it's probably, and I am no expert, (laughs) um, it's fairly typical Stephen King one. I do know he wrote it with his son, which is a really interesting thing. Oh, great. His son Owen, right? I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah, that's the one. So, yeah. And, okay, so very briefly, one day set in the future sometime soon, everybody goes to sleep like normal, but something strange happens the next day. The women don't wake up. They are encased in like a cocoon um (laughs) (laughs) kind of yeah (laughs) but one woman is different and that's all i'm gonna say one woman to rule them all (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and of course we chose stephen king because next month is october which includes halloween halloween my favorite holiday yeah my maybe least favorite holiday i'm just kidding (laughs) i have no feelings one way or the other about halloween obviously gwen loves it (laughs) so we're really excited so stay tuned for that you can get a jump start on reading that yeah and then of course we're going to mention our favorite quotes from educated before we delve into you know the real details of her very interesting story Gwen, you go first. Okay. So my quote, it's a very short, simple quote. She says, it's strange how you give the people you love so much power over you. So. Which I thought was interesting because she sang this coming from, like, when she was a child. When it's like that, yeah, your parents are. Well, you know, she's saying this ultimately as an adult looking back on her childhood. Yeah. And she, but, you know. It's true. We do give the people we love a lot of power over us because we love them. We, you know, appreciate their opinions and all of that. But in some ways, we shouldn't be giving people as much power as she gave. Mm-hmm. And we'll definitely go into that because yeah. it's a really interesting mm-hmm. thing, you know? Yeah. So that's for a later conversation when, you know, no yeah. spoilers. But I just think it's so sad, too, to, like have to look back and think that when you were a kid. Yeah. When really, that's like, that's not your job. No. Like, you're supposed to be able to trust the people around you. Of course. So you, Your parents are supposed to have power over you. Yeah. So would you like to give your quote now? Yeah, sure. And I think those are kind of connected. So 
You can love someone and still choose to say goodbye to them. You can miss a person every day and still be glad that they are no longer in your life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that connection. And again, it's so sad when you talking about family. Yeah. Like that, that always, you know, kind of hurts. And I think, you know, she, she had to, she had to do that. I mean, well, yeah, her family was toxic essentially yeah and you would do that with any friend too it's harder when it's family because they're family and you're supposed to like be more forgiving in some ways but also for your own mental health sometimes that's just what you have to do yeah especially when that's all you've known it's only like she had other examples as a kid of friendships and family like you know there was no she wasn't going to school she wasn't seeing these uh, these other things when she was really little. Yeah. You know, I so... I mean, as she got older, she met some yeah. friends and stuff, but, yeah. like... that's something that she was she able was to witness, but... a little, little kid? Yeah. yeah. Especially when she was, like, that formative. Like, in those really formative <laughs> yeah. years. She didn't have that. You know, yeah. she, she had to live in that toxic area. She couldn't say goodbye, and... Yeah, what was she gonna go at for? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So... Okay, let's get into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you want to start with what you couldn't say about your quote? Uh, Yeah, sure. So I'll just talk about both of our quotes. Okay. um, In general. I, so you know, she was verbally abused by her father and Mm -hmm. mentally obviously abused by her father and physically abused by her brother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you come from that place of, this is your family. You're supposed to love them. And because of that, they hold power over you, especially in the way that she grew up where the men had the power. Mm-hmm. It was just without question. They were the ones that held the power in the house. And between that and the fact that they're family and you're supposed to love them and respect them and all that, you know, it's funny that she calls it strange how much power that they that you give the people who you love. Mm-hmm. Because it makes sense a lot in her story of why in her brain they had so much power. Mm-hmm. And to combine that with yours, learning how to step away from that, I think going to school really helped her, obviously. Yeah. Being away physically from that area and that situation and seeing how abnormal it was mm-hmm. really helped her be able to say, okay, this is not okay for me. Yeah. This is not good for me and my mental health. I need to step away. Yeah, and we, you and I both watched an interview with her and Ellen. Mm-hmm. And she even said, because, you know, I guess a common interview question would be, do you still see your family? Yeah. And she had said that she had tried multiple times to uh, speak with them and come back and try to have some type of relationship. But ultimately, what it boiled down to was that, yeah, this is not good for me. Yeah. And, you know, it's good that she got in contact with her more distant relatives, the relatives she didn't know as a child. Yeah. Because they were separated from that family, because that family was so, I would say, ostracized, but it was very much self-imposed. Oh, totally. Um, and so she, it's good that she now has support of other family members. Yeah. She still has those roots, those connections. It's just not with the people that it started with. And what kind of threw me at the beginning of the book, which I didn't expect, is mm-hmm. that they lived by... Um, her grandparents, her, yeah. her dad's parents. Fairly close, yeah. Yeah, and they tried to get her to leave with yeah. them, which 
I because I totally went into it thinking these people are very cut off, mm-hmm. um, and they are cut off. But I mean, in terms of anyone poking their nose around or yeah. wanting better, yeah. quote unquote, better for the, the these kids. Mm-hmm. And so to know that that she had the opportunity to hop in a car with her grandparents and yeah. go somewhere, I, that's Could fascinating. You imagine right, and and that's fascinating also because the grandparents curiously didn't bring law enforcement into the mm-hmm. equation. So they knew that the decision their son was making was erratic. They knew he needed medical attention. Turns out he's bipolar. Yes. And so, you know, he wasn't always like this. He was raised in schools. Mm-hmm. And so for him to do this turn, but for the grandparents to not even tell authorities or that kind of, which I bet is a really difficult position to be in. Yeah. But I also was like, come on. Yeah. You know, these are your grandchildren. and. Mm-hmm. You know, between his parents and her mom's parents, especially her mom's parents, they were very much removed from that world. Mm -hmm. She came from, like, you know, a middle-class family, and she went to school, and the book... some One part I did find really fascinating was when they had that discussion or when she had that discussion about uh, her mom's gradual sort of indoctrination into her father's paranoid world and how ultimately she grew to accept it and be a major part of it and supporter of it, whereas she came from the world that did not have any part of that, really. And so that was really interesting. And very sad. Yeah, very sad. But, you know, it's... I don't know. It was just... It's very sad that in some ways you can tell she's not completely out of it yet. Yeah. She never, at least to my memory, she never actually said I was abused as a kid. Oh, the author. The author, okay, yes. Yeah. She never said, she never named it. Yeah. She um, named her father's bipolar disorder. She can't officially say he has it because she's not his therapist. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she said, no, every piece of evidence that I was hearing pointed me to him having this disorder, Mm -hmm. and it completely impacted my life. Yeah. But she never fully says and confronts, you know, how just how deeply those scars run. And I don't think, you know, a lot of people, when off the top of your heads, when you you think of abuse, you think of very obvious things, Mm -hmm. but, you know... There's also the line of, well, my child is very seriously hurt, but I'm not going to take them to a hospital. Yeah. So even in the Ellen interview, even how you talked about aspects. how she, she won't say outright that she was, you know, being treated, you know, in an abusive manner. Mm-hmm. Just casually mentioning that, you know, she really, really hurt right? herself one time. But, you know, and Ellen's like, okay, well, you know, what did you do? You still didn't go to the hospital? And she goes, no. Um, they just, like... Um, what is that thing when you like bind your leg or something? Like a st- oh, put a splint on splint. it. Splint. I almost said a stilt. That's not right. <laughs> um, a splint. Oh, well, you know, she just talked really not nonchalant about what they did and how they just made do. Yeah. And you're like, no, like that's you like kid. that is neglect. That's that permanently abuse. damages your body for yeah. the future. But yeah, it's very yeah. And the things her brother did. She did, like, he did to her, well, his younger, her older yeah. <laughs> brother. <laughs> a lot of kids. Yeah. Um, and 
that was, you know, that was the tipping point for them. That was the thing that estranged her from the family because she came forward and was like, he did these things to me. He's an abusive person. Like, or he's, she never said abusive. She said dangerous. He's dangerous. Mm. And he did some alarming things in front of the parents. And the parents stood behind him because she had already been estranged, right? Yeah. So... Because she was already out of that world doing Mm -hmm. school. So she didn't have that leverage of being like, no, I'm part of this family still. Mm -hmm. She was already separated a little bit, so it became a lot... She's now part of them instead of us. She's the outside now. Yeah. Um, And her brother is the only one, one, the other one who was abused. It's the only one who was like, yeah, no, he's very dangerous. Yeah. And stood behind her instead. Yeah, that was really sad. And, I mean, and that just goes to show, like, you have to step away, and, you know? And, you know, her brother, the other one who was abused, he was also physically separated from the family. Mm-hmm. Not as much as she was, but he had also gone to school and he was living in a different state. Mm-hmm. So we had that physical distance and the safety that that entailed. Yeah, yeah. To be in, able to, like, sort of say these things. So it was really interesting... To really read about how that sort of power dynamic Mm -hmm. really affected her. Totally. Yeah. And And, her story. And I wonder, there's so many things to be interested in knowing. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, when you make friends now who have, you know, quote unquote normal families. Yeah. Are you instinctually on edge? Are you, like, how do you... That would be, you know, she goes into it a time. Bit. Yeah, see, that's the stuff that, like, I wanted but, to know more about. Like, like, like that how is do the you, juicy stuff. The first time you go, you hang out with a friend, or you meet someone's parents, um, how do you, what comes back to you in your mind from your childhood, from these toxic relationships that mm-hmm. you had with your own family? That's the stuff that I wanted to Yeah, and that's the about. stuff that she kind of rushes through, which mm-hmm. is the sad part, because I feel like, like we were saying at the beginning, you know, those stories, they're important, they're the foundation, but you could go into it, like, as an adult saying, like, starting at school mm-hmm. and going through the things that, you know, and doing flashbacks. To yeah, those that's what I, that's moments. what I was... That would have made it, I think, easier for you to read and would probably have pushed it up to a five for me because mm-hmm. there were moments, especially in the first half of the book, where I was like, I'm bored yeah like I was like new falling asleep yeah and I was like okay like a couple times like skimming like Mm -hmm. um like just skimming to see like oh maybe it starts here maybe she like jumps in and it's like nope so I'd go back to the beginning and yeah you know keep reading but but at the same time too maybe you know because like we said with the interview it's kind of still hard to talk about her family in relation to other people. So maybe it's just something she wants to hold very close to herself. Yeah. Something she's not comfortable sharing Exactly. Which is 100% in her right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it could be that, too. I mean, we've never been through that situation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I wonder, too, if she'll go on to write more. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I suspect she will. Yeah. Just because... She's been writing her whole life, basically. Yeah. Like, even when she was a kid, she did journals, you know? So, Mm -hmm. considering that, considering, like, the level of her education at this point, which is, well, it's more than I'm ever going to have. (laughs) Yeah, she's very, very well educated. No pun intended. But 
I did love that she went to Brigham Young University, BYU, <laughs> which is a very <laughs> famous Mormon college. Yes. Um, because her family's Mormon. And, you know, it's it's super nice because I could just, like, that's why she went there. She yeah. felt comfortable. It was her gateway school. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of the thought process. that like, I'm really going to do this. I'm really going to go out there. Well, am I going to feel comfortable enough to, Yeah, you know. I did enjoy that part of the book. You know, her going into, like, talking about the kind of very long process of what it took for her to get comfortable yeah. while she was out there in the world. And, you know, spending summers and stuff back at home, but still, like, it's her foot out the door, basically, and her trying to figure out how to navigate a world which she has never really been in until that point, when she's already, you know, 16, 17. That is a long time to go without knowing the social norms, even. I mean, most, you're in school from the time you're, like, five. Yeah. So to start at, yeah, I can imagine learning math at sixteen. Oh I would God. be a mess. <laughs> I already had how many years to uh, yeah. do it, and um, still not clicking. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. And I, one more thing I want to talk about was the fact that she went back home. Mm-hmm. Is really threw me when I was reading the book because I had thought going into it, well, there's no way yeah. that she she must have had to work and like live housing or something some kind of special housing but no she went back yeah. in between like some like that was wild to me i know the whole transition period of her yeah. life where she was sometimes being at home sometimes being at school and trying to navigate those two different like completely different worlds that was really interesting it was also kind of sad cuz you know when she was going back, she now had that outside perspective. Mm-hmm. And that made, I think, it harder for her to really go back completely. And, like, even you could see it in the first time she went back. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was just, oh, man. Yeah. Like, the strength overall. So, you know, just to wrap up, even though I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. like the book or, you know, you want to, we both want to judge the formatting choices yeah. or whatever, the storytelling choices. The, you know, Taylor is very, very brave and very strong and very interesting individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's people all over the country, I'm sure, that yeah. is, you know, have been in these situations and just can't, yeah. you know, break away. I mean, look at the number of siblings she has and only really two of them yeah. got completely out of that world. Yeah. Where, like, you know, some of her older older brothers who started their lives in, in school, school and had that sort of foot up and advantage, they sort of got out. But even they are still in it a little bit. Yeah. They're still part of the family. They still come back. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, her and her slightly older brother yeah. are out of it, really. Yeah. They needed to separate from themselves for their yeah. mental health. That's so. something that they knew in their hearts that we have to do or yes. we won't survive it. Yeah. I mean, the story is wild. Um, yeah. And again, a lot of people are loving it and we're liking it. I would also recommend, you know, listening to interviews yes. from her. She's, um, of course, she's very articulate. She's very well-educated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, she's just, she's really amazing. And um, Oh, we did actually forget to do our read-alike, so I would say if you want kind of a fictionalized version of this, 
Uh, I haven't read it personally, but it looks very similar. And it came out recently, and it has won awards. So and it's by an author that we, um, we have a lot of her books. Yes. So she's a, obviously a loved author. Yes. It's called The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. So if you want to check that one out, that one's also available here. But again, very popular recent release. So it's kind of like the beginning of her story. Yeah. So in this story, the father moves out his daughter and wife to live off the land in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting perspective. So yeah, maybe uh, you can um, do a little combo read of a comparison. Of yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so as always, thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, I'm Brianna. And I'm Gwen. And this has been The Page Turner. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or on our webpage via direct RSS feed. We would be very grateful if you would subscribe or write a review wherever you listen. Thank you all for listening. This has been The Page Turner. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the Los Gatos Library or the town of Los Gatos.